welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For those of you who are here for the first time, hopefully you guys are having a great time. Trust you're going to have an awesome time by the, by the end of the night. Uh, but if you are here, just want to let you know that we're actually in the middle of a series uh, right now. It's called Upside Down. And there it is up on the back screen. Upside Down. Uh, and each, each week, both in the morning and in night, we've been looking uh, at some different messages, some different things. And each message, each sermon in and of itself has been a separate message. But combined, what they've been able to do is they've been able to create a series about the upside down nature of the kingdom of God. And what I would encourage you to do is go to our website, download all the messages uh, from the weeks before, and then that way you can kind of get an understanding of what it is that we've been discussing over the last couple of weeks. Because really, this has been an incredible series. What we've been looking at is we've been looking at about what the world says is normal and what the world says we should be doing and the way we should be living. And then we've been comparing that to what God says. And what happens is when you look out into the world today, you see the world is saying that this is the way you should live. This is the way that you should act and that this is what is normal behavior. And the, the kind of the catch cry of this series is that normal just isn't working. And so therefore, it's best for us as the church and as Christians that we go to God and find out what God says normal should be. And the way we've been doing that is we've been looking at the paradoxical teachings of the Bible. And some of you are sitting there going, what's a paradox? Well, I'm going to tell you what a paradox is to me. To me, a paradox is this, that something when at first glance seems false or contradictory, yet the more you think about it, it actually is proved correct. So in other words, something that at first glance, you're like, oh, hang on a minute, that's not right. But then the more you think about it, it's like, actually, no, he's got a point there. So I've got a couple of examples here of of some paradoxical circumstances. Okay, bear with me here. If I have $5, this is a paradox, right? If I have $5 and Chuck Norris has $5, he has more money than me. See, get what I'm saying? At first you're like, hang on, no, it doesn't. He's got $5, you got $5, that's the same outer appearance. But then there's the Chuck Norris factor. And the more you think about it, it's like, hang on a minute, he does have more money than me. Here's another one. It's like, Chuck Norris can count to infinity twice. That's like, no, 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 no. Infinity by definition means unending. So therefore, if it's unending, how do you get to the end of infinity? And yet you're here trying to tell me that Chuck Norris has counted to infinity, not once, but twice. Hang on a second. The more you think about it. No, that's actually true. Actually, by now, he's actually done it three times. My final Chuck Norris paradox is this. Chuck Norris can eat soup with a fork. I was like, what? A fork has tines. It is not a container. It cannot contain the liquid. And yet when he 
dives it in, picks it up, he eats away. Don't you love Chuck Norris facts? I could sit there and rattle off Chuck Norris facts all day long, and because I've got a microphone, I think I will. (laughs) See, I've got some more Chuck Norris facts. See, some people say that they're jokes, but they're not jokes. They're actually facts. This is proven fact about Chuck Norris. But there's some of the paradoxical ones, but there's some other Chuck Norris facts that are out there, like this one. Did you know that Chuck Norris tears can actually cure cancer? The only problem is Chuck Norris has never cried, ever. There's another one, Chuck Norris doesn't snap, because snapping is an indication of weakness. Chuck Norris's fury is always controlled. Eh, you guys didn't get that one. Okay, how about this one? How about this one? Chuck Norris was once called the God of Death. But he gave that title to someone else because it sounded too wimpy. (laughs) The reason why I'm talking about Chuck Norris is because, one, I really enjoy them. But have you noticed the trend about Chuck Norris facts is about what they promote, You see, what I've learned about Chuck Norris facts is this, that the world values strength, not weakness. Because how funny would a Chuck Norris joke be if it sounded like this? When Chuck Norris stubs his toe, he cries like a girl. It just doesn't work. And yet every Chuck Norris fact promotes this thinking that actually strength is good, power is good, And that weakness is bad. That's why you don't snap, because it's a sign of weakness. Instead, you count to infinity, not once, not twice, but thrice. You know, the world values strength. It doesn't value weakness. And over the last couple of weeks, we've looked at all sorts of paradoxical teachings. uh, teachings. And the one that I'm going to look at tonight is this, that actually it's not that we should value strength, but actually that we should value weakness. Because the teaching that I'm going to bring tonight is this, that weakness is strength. This morning, Jeff did a great job. Get this message, because Jeff, you are awesome. I loved it. But Jeff did a message that the least is the greatest, And I thought it was a great teaching, and I'm actually probably going to end up kind of crisscrossing with him a little bit this morning, uh, this evening. But I'm going to look tonight at weakness is strength. I will say this, I've just come over a little bit of a cold, so if I end up coughing my guts up during the middle of this preach, please bear with me. If you've got your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Second Corinthians chapter 12. And verse 9, this is a conversation that the writer of Corinthians, he's a guy by the name of Paul, he was an early church leader, planted a lot of churches, also wrote a lot of what we have in our Bible, and it's a conversation that he had with God. See, Paul was in a situation where he just couldn't take it anymore. In his own strength, in his own abilities. He'd just come to the end of himself. He couldn't take this situation anymore. And he has this conversation with God. And this is God's response to him. It says, but he said to me, Paul writing about God, it says, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. 
So Paul goes on to write, he says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. My grace is sufficient for my power is made perfect in weakness. And then he goes on to say, for when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, when I read the Bible, God speaks to me in in all sorts of different ways and different circumstances. And when I read that, the first thing that came into my mind is rock climbing, Now, for those of you who were around when I first kind of joined the church and early on in the days, uh, for those of you who weren't, I'll just let you in. I used to have a little bit of a nickname when I was younger, and that was Spider-Man. I used to love Spider-Man. I used to love everything about him. But the cool thing about him was, you know, he's got the ability to kind of crawl up walls and along the roofs and so on and so forth. And for me, the reason why I kind of got into rock climbing was to kind of emulate that. I don't know. It was something to do with my immaturity or something like that. But for me, I was big into rock climbing. I mean, I bought all of the gear. I had the shoes. I had the harness. I had the chalk bag, which I'd got like this made into this little cow. So it was like my moo cow chalk bag. But I had everything. And pretty much every waking moment of the day for me was rock climbing. Even like I would go to school after school, grab my gear, go down to the rock climbing gym. I would come to church in the morning. I'd have all my gear in the car, leave church, go straight to the rock climbing gym, spend all afternoon there and then jump back in the car and come back to church. Gladly, or I should say thankfully, no one had the heart to say, hey, dude, you stink because I didn't used to go home and have a shower first. But everything about me, I just, it was just rock climbing. All day, every day, I would rock climb. And because of that, that's how God spoke to me when I read this verse about weakness and strength. For me, it is the perfect illustration of what Paul is writing here. And that is that of a rock climber. So tonight, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use rock climbing as an illustration to, to try and illustrate to you, should I say, this whole concept of weakness is Strength. So the first thing that we're going to look at tonight is this. This is the first thing that you've got to know when it comes to weakness being strength. You've got to know how weak you are. See, for us, I'm sure deep down there is a knowledge of how weak you are. You know that there is weakness in you. But how much do you actually believe that? How much do you believe that you have weaknesses and are weak? We've got to know that you that we are weak. So for me, going to getting back to, to my rock climbing, one of my favorite types of climbing was the overhang roof climb. I don't know if you've ever been to a Holden Hill gym, but there's the wall which goes up and then it goes out and then it goes all the way along the roof. And that was kind of like the epitome of the climb. So it's like anyone who was seen to be climbing along the roof, it was kind of like oh, you'd kind of be bowing down worshipping because that was kind of like the pinnacle. If you got to be able to climb the roof, if you got good enough to be able to do that, then you were it. You had made it. And for me, it was kind of one of my goals to be able to climb that. And 
first couple attempts, you think really cool because you know what? There's just the up part. So what you do is you hook in, you start climbing and you're thinking, man, this is really cool. This is cool. There's very little resistance here. As I'm climbing, I'm going up, going up, making good, some, some good headways. And you're thinking, man, this is easy. I've got this thing nailed. And how many times do we attain life like that? You know, we've got very little resistance at the moment. So we're like, sweet, my life is cool. I got this thing nailed. In my own, oh, mate, I have got this thing sussed. I've got a down pack. Look at me, everybody. I am just acing this thing called life. And that's what it's kind of like on that first section of, of wall because you've got no resistance. You've got nothing that's really going to challenge you as you're climbing. But then what happens is the wall takes a turn. And next thing you know, you've gone from going up to going out. And that's when things start to change a little bit. Because all of a sudden things start to get a little bit harder now. You get a little bit more resistance, a couple more challenges that you've got to overcome. No longer are you just going straight up, but now you're dealing with a little thing called gravity. And as you're climbing and you're doing your thing and you're reaching up trying to grab all these handholds, you've got this thing that's weighing against you and that's your body weight. And so you're trying to climb and things are starting to Starting to change, you're going to get a, starting to get a little bit shorter breath because you're working harder now. Your arms are starting to get a little bit sore because they've got to work harder. And don't you know that that's kind of like life? Life has those unexpected turns and it goes in a direction that you kind of weren't ready for. And then it takes another turn. So you think going out on the, on the overhang was hard. Next thing you know, you are flat on your back. And you are holding on for dear life now because you are now parallel to the ground. There is nothing but 15 meters of air that separates you from very, very, very hard concrete. And that's it. You know, you're out there now. Things have changed. No longer are you resisting gravity. You are fighting that thing tooth and nail. You are holding on with everything that you've got. You're using muscles that you never knew you had and you are hanging upside down and you are holding on white knuckle tight because you know that as soon as you let go, you fall. And then, you know, you've got the full weight of your body trying to pull you off the wall. You're holding on by nothing more than your feet and your hands. And it's kind of like, you know, no longer am I Spider-Man, which is just, you know, out the way he does so gracefully. No, it's kind of like you're holding on. And you can see where you want to put your hand, but you, your arms are shaking and it's like, I can see that. I'm going. You take a first swing at it and it's like, uh, and you miss. The next thing you know, you, you're kind of hanging now and mind you, now you've got your full weight. And next thing you know, you're shaking and things are shaking. And you just like, there's nothing pretty about your circumstance right now. But how many times do we do life like that? Life takes those unexpected turns and all of a sudden, life isn't as pretty as what it was when you were just going up. And see, for me, when you're hanging upside down those first couple of times, you know, you're parallel to the ground. There's only one thing that's going through your mind. And that is do not let go. Hang on with everything that you've got. Do whatever it takes. Otherwise, you're falling. And sometimes we get to that place in life, don't we? 
circumstances, things come our way, maybe marriage difficulties or relationship issues. And what do we do? As people, we revert back to pride. We revert back to what we know, our strength. We can do this. So you dig your heels in and it's like you put your head down and you just tough that thing out. And it'll tell you one thing, oh, I'm not letting go of this. I'm going to, and that's, that's the way we approach things. When it comes to our finances, oh, things get tough. Oh, mate, oh, things are so tight right now, but I'll tell you one thing. Oh, so you work harder and you work longer and you do all sorts of different things to try and stay in control and to try and keep things going smoothly. But, you know, this is the thing that I found about rock climbing. The harder you, tie, the harder you hold on, the tighter you get. And the quicker your arms start to fill with lactic acid. And when you're hanging upside down with everything you got and all the blood is running out of your arms, your arms become heavy and they become tired. And you know what? That's the way we get when we're in life. We try to hold on to control. We try to hold on to the things in our world. And the tighter we hold on to those things, the stronger we try to make our grip. What do you know? The tighter we become, the heavier things seem to be. And it just gets really messy really quick. Because your mindset goes straight to this. Don't fall. No one in life, you hear those stories about all the people in Hollywood falling from grace, falling from the heights. They affairs with this person and they made dodgy deals with that. And in life, we can tend to be like that. We think, I've got this thing nailed. I can do this. Especially us Aussie men, we just have this mindset that says, you know what? I've got this thing nailed. Why is it? that we struggle with that four-letter word, help. But this is the thing we've got to know, is we've got to know how weak we are. We've got to know how weak we actually are. See, as humans, we struggle to ask for help. We struggle to admit when we need help. Even when we do pluck up the courage to ask for help, sometimes we struggle to receive that help have you ever called over a mate, oh man, I'm struggling with this, I don't know how to do it, so they come over, oh, what you need to do is this, oh, cool, sweet, yep, cheers, man, I got it from here, thanks for that, I was just stuck on that one little point, but I got it from here, cheers, man, I'm all good. You know, and we struggle to actually receive the help. But you see, what we need to do is we need to understand actually how weak we are. And that help is not the bad four-letter word that we think it is. But instead, we need to learn how weak we are so that we can actually ask for that help. You see, the reason why I say that is because point number two is this. You've got to know how strong God is. For me, when it comes to rock climbing, this is the one thing I learned very, very quickly. Rock climbing ropes are very, very strong. My cousin was the person who taught me to to, to uh, rock climb and the first time he took me out he took me out on real rock which was really hard when you really fell into it and the first time I went out he could see that I was quite nervous and you know so what's he do he starts talking about the strength of the equipment that we're using and things like that and he actually he used the analogy of the rope and he said you know what this rope is strong enough that I could actually hang a car off this rope and what he said to me he said the car 
will break before the rope will. And because of that, that actually put a lot of confidence in me whenever I climbed because I knew that the equipment that I was using was strong enough to take my weight. See, for us, when we have no understanding of how, strong, uh, how weak we are, we try to do everything in our own strength. We hang on as tight as we possibly can. And when you're hanging upside down on the rock, you're so petrified of falling. You're so fe- petrified of letting go. But what you don't realize is the longer you hold on to the, rope, uh, the rock, the longer the rope has to take in effect. And what I mean by that, because I'll actually swip it, swap it around, is this. The strength of the rope can only come into effect when you let go of the rock. And so many times in life, we get to that place where we are determined to get through this thing. We are determined to to make our mark and to make our stand and we can do this. But the longer that we think that we can do it in our own strength, the longer it will take for God's real strength to come into play. The longer we say, I can do this, the longer we actually hold ourselves back from receiving the true strength that's actually found in God. See, a great analogy for me when it comes to this point is I've got a beautiful, beautiful little girl. Her name's Morgan. She just turned two the other week, and I love her. She is my prized possession. Oh, she is so good. I love being a dad. And one of the things is I love, you know, you hold their hands and you go for walks. And there have been those times where you come to, say, like a playground or something like that. You get out the car and obviously there's traffic going here, there and everywhere. So it's like, come on, hold dad's hand. But all they want to do is they've seen the playground. They've seen something that they want And they are just like, bam, that's where I'm going. That's where I'm heading. I am heading in that direction. But you, as the parent, aren't necessarily focused on where their focus is. Your focus is on the cars that are coming along. So what do you do? You hold their hand. And there they are. They're like, they are going 10 to the dozen. Because all they want to do, all she wants to do, she wants to go to the playground so she can go down the slide. And she goes, but... You are sitting there going, there's a car coming. And if I let you go right now, that's not going to end up pretty. So what do you do? You stand there and you hold her hand. And she's sitting there like, and you're sitting there like holding, holding. Now, this is the thing for her. She's trying and trying and trying to get to that destination. And you know what? I want to get to that destination too. I, as her parent, I, as her father, want to get to that destination with her. I want to enjoy with her that end result, which is getting to the playground and being able to enjoy the freedom of mucking around on that playground and what that will bring for me as the parent and for her as the child. But I can see that this is not necessarily the right timing right now, because if we go... There's a car coming, and that's not going to end up good. So for me, I can say, I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to let go until that car has passed. But she can't see that. So instead, she just tries harder and harder and harder to cross the road. And that's sometimes the way we are doing life. We know where we want to go. Sometimes we even know that where we want to go is where God wants us. 
But what we're not aware of is the things that are going on behind the scenes, the things that God's doing in our life. So what do we do? We try to make it happen. We, in our own strength, try to get this thing happening and we resist God. But just like Morgan, if I let go of her hand, what's she going to do? She's going to go fall flat on her face. It's the most frustrating thing for me to go, you know what? I can't let go of your hand. I can't release you into going where we want to go because you are resisting right now. You are trying to do something and it's until you stop trying that I can't release you into that. And I feel that that's so many times that God does that with our lives. God's sitting there going, man, I cannot let go of you right now. I can't release you into what I've got planned for you because you're trying in your own strength. As soon as you stop trying, you know what, then I can let go. Because if I let go right now, you're going to fall flat on your face and it's going to be ugly. And you know, the car passes. And in the right timing now, she stopped. I can let go of her hand. And together we can walk to the playground. And it comes down to this. You know what? God is strong enough to hold you. God is strong enough to make things happen in your life. God is strong enough if you're holding on to the rock. He's strong enough so that when you let go, you will not fall because he's got you. But it comes down to this. We've got to know where our weakness ends and where his strength begins. We've got to know that we are weak and he is strong. We can only receive the power of God when we let him take over. Too long we are the child that is trying to do it in our own strength, to do what we want. So many times in life we are the rock climber that is too scared of falling, so therefore we never let go of control of our life. But all we need to realize is that the moment that we admit that actually we're not strong enough, when we admit that we are not powerful enough, we are not in control enough of our own lives, and we release that control and they release that power into God's hands, that things actually start to happen for us. So when it comes to weakness and strength, firstly, we've got to know how weak we are. And we've got to know how strong God is. Because the thing that will give us the ability to rely on our weakness is knowing that he's strong. So the third point that I've got right now, know how weak we are, know how strong God is. And number three is know that you can get back up. See, for me, when I was rock climbing... The first couple of times I did that overhand climb, seriously, oh, it killed me. The, 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 the sheer physical exertion that I had to do to hold on, and then I would fall. But you know what? When the rope held me in place, I was able to stop, and I was able to recover and get back to that place where it's like, you know what? I'm good to go again. And then it would just be a matter of simply getting back onto the rock and start moving forward again. And this is what Paul writes. God says that my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. 
When you are weak, then you can be strong. Not because I'm going to make you so strong that you can do it all by yourself. No, but I'm going to get you to that place where you can live in my strength. You can live in the grace that I extend to you every day. The Bible says that His mercies are new every morning. God will get us to the place where we can get back onto the rock. Even if we do fall, we can get back on and keep moving forward through His strength. God wants us to get to that place where we live in weakness. We live in the acceptance of our weakness, knowing that we can receive His strength. And His grace then becomes sufficient for us. See, for me, it was through the process of falling and getting back on. And falling and getting back on. And falling and getting back on that I actually built up a strength in my life to be able to do that rope climb. And it got to the stage where I could do it as many times as I wanted. I could just keep going over and over and over again. Why? Because there was lessons that I'd learnt through not giving up. And too many times in life we give up. I can't do it. I'm not strong enough. And therefore we never end up achieving what it is that that God has for our life. But the reality is, is we say we give up because we realize that I'm not good enough and I can't do it. But then that's actually the place that God wants you to be. He says, no, get to that place, live in that place, because then I can add the increase. I can bring more into your circumstance and we can move forward. And then when you learn that habit in your life, you learn that habit of relying on the power and the grace of God and the strength of God because you realize your weakness and how much you cannot do apart from Him, as John 15 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. When you learn that, what you know, you get to move forward and you move forward in life. God's grace enables us to press on and move, on, uh, move forward in the midst of our weakness, not by making us strong enough that we don't need Him, but by allowing us access to His strength all day, every day. The more I climbed, the stronger I became. The more I personally learned the boundaries and the limitations of myself, the stronger I become because I know when to start asking for the grace of God. When I know when to start relying on His strength. I've learned the signs in my life when I'm doing things by myself. I've learned when I'm doing things on my own strength. And as I conclude, the best example of a person who knew the difference between weakness and strength and that what was real strength was Jesus Christ himself. I started by saying that the world values strength, not weakness. And we see that as Jesus is hanging on the cross. There he is, beaten, bloody, hanging on a cross, about to die. And as the world looks at him, they mock him. They see him as being this defeated person. The world ridicule him saying, if you are this strong God that you say that you are, if you are this God that you claim to be, then come down, show us your strength. Show us how strong you are because right now you look weak. But this is the thing. For Jesus, 
When he hung on the cross, he hung there in victory. But the world saw him as hanging in defeat. Because this is the thing. Have you ever thought about this? This is, this is just the way I see things. Could you imagine the Pharisees and the teachers of the law going, if you call yourself the son of God, why don't you? Hey, where'd he go? And then like you get that tap on the shoulder and Jesus is like, ta-da! It's like, how would they have responded to that? You know, this is what you asked for. Here I am. Could you believe? Come on. This is what you said. Apparently to you, this is what strength looks like. Actually, you want to know another party trick? Hey, guys, come down here. And, you know, legions upon legions of angels come to Jesus' back. Because for them, that's what they thought strength was. But Jesus knew what true strength was. Jesus knew that true strength wasn't in the size of his arms. It wasn't in the physical. He knew the source of true strength. And that was trusting himself to the strength of the Father. Trusting himself to the strength of God. The Bible talks about the power and the strength of God when he raised Christ from the dead. Jesus knew that actually I can die here and it will be for a bigger, better purpose. And him not coming down off the cross. Him staying there and allowing himself to die on the cross meant that we today have access to that grace. We today have access to that strength and that we no longer need to try and do it ourselves. But instead, we have His strength. You see, as I conclude, so many people look at the church today, look at Christianity and say, oh, it's nothing but a crutch. It's what you need to get yourself through this life. And the reality is it's true. Christianity in its purest form is exactly that. It's recognizing that we aren't strong enough to get through this life by ourselves. We aren't powerful enough to do it. No matter how much we hold on, no matter what we do, we will never be big enough. We will never be strong enough. We will never be good enough to live up to the standard that we need. And the crux of Christianity is getting to that place where you go, you know what, God, I'm, I'm at the end of myself. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I need your help. And it's when we get to that place of confession and submission and understanding that we are that weak and we just plain and simply aren't good enough. God's mighty hand comes and picks us up and makes us good enough, makes us big enough, makes us strong enough. Why? Because no longer is it our strength that's at work, but it's His strength in us. It's Christ's power in us. As Paul writes, he says, Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me the world says to get to the top you got to be the biggest you got to be the fastest you got to be the strongest yeah I'm here to tell you tonight that actually it's just not the way true strength is actually found in our weakness 
when we get to that place where we say, God, I'm just not good enough. I can't do this thing anymore by myself, in my own strength. I need to let go of the rock. I need to let go and allow your strength to carry me in this time. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.